I didn't want to be the single person speaking for the career field. I have a hard time being like, I'm the guy and I have all the answers. I just try to be honest with people. There's things I know and there's things I don't know. I haven't deployed since 2015. Most of what we're doing is giving them training information. I'm not going out there and being like, hey, this is what our guys are doing downrange right now. And this is what you should be training for. Like none of my experience is in the training environment and bringing guys in off the streets, recruiting and all those other things. And when people ask questions that are out of my lane, I give them my best possible answer, but let them know that I'm not that guy anymore. Is that much of a, is that, that's not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post-9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian. And that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 51 features retired Air Force Special Reconnaissance Trent Sigmiller. He's one of the co-hosts of the Ones Ready podcast and probably the funniest one of the bunch. Welcome. This is Veteran Nate. But now I'm uh, now I'm like I'm self-conscious about 10, 10 to 15 seconds. I'm actually glad that Aaron told me that because it had happened. Uh, it actually happened with Jack Carr, which oh. made me freak out because I was like, because I had switched to Riverside. He was the first episode that I switched to Riverside. No, second episode. Um, so I'd done it once and then I had switched out his link. It was a Zoom link and I was like emailing with his agent. And I was like, I mean, first of all, I'm sitting there for 10 minutes by myself. Like this, okay, this isn't real. Like this didn't happen. Like I got really excited about something and I got catfished by, by some guy on the internet that's acting like he's Jack Carr's agent. Yeah. And so like all the worst, like, yep. I don't know if you read Stephen Pressfield or not, but like the resistance, capital R resistance was just like assaulting me. And then I emailed him and he's like, oh, sorry, I forgot to give him the Riverside link. And then he hops on the Riverside link. And he's like the nicest guy of all time. Yep. And, and then he, he, it crashes and I'm like, Fuck. like what, what is going on here? And, um, and so then, and then it happened a couple more times and I'm like, oh, I just kind of dealt with it. But then when I hopped on with Aaron, uh, he told me, he's like, oh yeah, we just wait for a few seconds. Um, we might keep all that in. I don't know. We'll see. That's like kind of a fun, fun little conversational way to get into, into this. Uh, so welcome Trent. Is it Siegmiller or Segmiller? How do you pronounce your last name? It, it's Segmiller. And I, and I just want to say no pressure. You just had Jack Carr on and now it's me. So yeah, it's weird. Well, what's, so what's cool is, uh, I, and the, my episode with, with, with y'all is going live tonight. And so I was texting with Aaron yesterday, just getting him some assets and things. And he was like, man, congrats on the big week. And I said, I'm celebrating the only way I know how, which is to record more episodes. Yep. So for those listening, Jack's episode went live uh, yesterday on the day that we're recording this, this is going to go live in July. And, um, and yeah, just got to get back to work, right? That's it. And I thought I'd be a cool guy and wear a ones ready t-shirt. At least it's not the same exact one that you're wearing, but here we are. Yeah, the comments would have been great if we were the exact same shirt. And I yeah. know, right? <laughs> awesome. Okay, so Trent Segmiller, welcome to Veteran Made. Thank you so much for joining. Um, great to have you. Thanks, man. I appreciate you uh, g- giving out the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I've known Aaron for for a decade and a half, um, and uh, just getting to know you and Jared through Instagram, and and then now obviously through through the podcast podcasting, which is, which is fun. So, um, yeah, we don't know each other super well, we'll get to know each other. So I think that'll actually make for a, a great episode, which I'm excited to, to, to dive in with you. Um, for the audience, can you just give us a, a bit of a primer on, on who you are and, and what you're doing now? And then we can jump back and I'll ask some, some, uh, some origin story questions. Sure. Uh, Trent Segmiller been in the air force, uh, by the time this drops oh, over 20 years. Um, I was a special, well, first I started off in conventional weather, then special operations weather, and then uh, now special reconnaissance. So I'm a, a MAGICOM functional manager for that. I'm meaning over, I, I oversee all the training and like assignments of my guys and as instructors and all that other stuff on the training side of the house. And uh, yeah, getting ready to punch out and retire and become a real person again. Uh, so yeah, so this will go, this will go live in, in July. It's going to be, it's going to be an aspect war month. Uh, Cause I got Steve from uh, uh, shields and stripes that's coming on. Um, uh, tomorrow actually. So July is going to be a, a cool themed month. Uh, so when is your 20 year mark? Is it June? End it of this month? June. Yeah. Nice. It, it nice. was weird because I, I came in with all the high school graduates and I'd been out of high school for a few years. 
And so you're like, I, I turned like 21 in basic training. And, but like, I was one of the older guys in the class. And of course, then it's in San Antonio and it's hot and all that other stuff. And so it was a memorable experience. Where did you enlist from? Where's your home of record? Uh, Utah, like Salt Lake uh, Valley. Okay. And um, did you like grow up and spent all your time out there as a kid? Yep. So grew up right there in the, the suburbs of, uh, you know, Salt Lake City. And it was a, it was a pretty good childhood. Can't really complain. I, I love it. I grew up in, I, obviously we talk about the Ohio thing, but I split time between Columbus, Ohio and, and San Diego as a kid. So I've spent a lot of time just kind of out, out West and we've got family in, you know, Utah and Colorado. And I just, I absolutely love it out there. Um, and, uh, you know, hit, hit all the slopes and all that stuff as a kid. Other people would do spring break in like tropical areas and we would do spring break as kids, like hitting Colorado and Utah for the mountains. Yeah. I remember people doing that. I always looked at like the ski passes and I was like, okay, well there's soccer season, there's indoor soccer season. And also it costs a lot of money to go up there and slide down the hill. And it's just, you know, one of those yeah. things that I never really got into. Is that the sport you played growing up soccer? Yes. Nice. So did you, and then did you, um, did you, when you enlisted, uh, was special warfare like in your mind or did you, I mean, did you enlist to, did you go in open general and got weather? Like how, how did, I want to hear that story. Uh, so I was actually on my way to sign papers with the Marine recruiter and my older brother had joined the air force like a month previous and at, at least had signed the papers. He hadn't even shipped off to basic yet. And so as I'm driving past where his recruiter was, I called him. Cell phones were still fairly new at the time. That's how old I am. Uh, but I called my, my older brother and I'm like, Hey man, like, why did you join the air force? And I, I didn't want to join the air force necessarily. I wanted to go be a Marine and, and all these other things. And he was like, man, just, just stop in there. So I stopped in there. The dude had his, his feet kicked up on the desk. Tech Sergeant Pugh was his name. And I'm used to the Marines being like, bro, like join the Marine Corps. Be uh, all, you know, not be all you can be, but like, you know what I mean? Like make yeah. something of yourself, young man. And, uh, and, and they were really trying to recruit me. And I go into the Air Force office and the dude didn't even like stand up when I walked in there. He was so disinterested. It was, it hurt my feelings a little bit. And I was like, I had to like get his attention. Like, hey man, like why should I join the Air Force? And he looks over at me. He's like, I don't know. Why should you join the Air Force? And I was like, like, well, this is different. Like, now I got to prove that I can join the Air Force. Like, you terrible person. Yeah. Uh, then it was a challenge. And so I actually joined as a, as a linguist. I took the D-Lab and scored just barely high enough to become a linguist. Um, maybe uh, my recruiter and I were not the most um, accurate on some of my paperwork. Got to basic training. They wouldn't give me a TS coming out the gate uh, because of reasons. Uh, and so like they gave me five options of jobs. One of those options was weather. I thought weather would be interesting, you know, and it was also one of those things where like the, the, the challenge, right? They're like, this is the highest ASVAB score requirement of all these jobs. And I think I'm a pretty smart dude. Um, and then, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go be a weatherman. And then, you know, it's all just kind of happened from there. Yeah. It's like the, uh, air, it's like air force recruiters are like pickup artists, you know, and they're, or they're like the, uh, or the opposite. They're like the, they're like the hot girl at the bar. You're like, dude, what, why are you not? why are you not paying attention to me? Like I, I, I would like to, you know, have a conversation see where this goes. Um, so when did, and I, listen, I, obviously you've listened to the podcast and I, um, I, I, as much as I am interested in, in certainly like getting to know you and, and hearing more about, about your career, that's like, this is not an operator stories, um, podcast, right? This is more about the entrepreneurship. And I want to talk to you about, about one's ready and, and, and how you got, involved in and what you do there and, and what you're looking to do as you as you get ready to transition out. Um, but just just to kind of ground us a little bit, like what was your journey from from conventional weather into special operations weather and then and then obviously the career field turned into special reconnaissance? Yeah, I mean it, it was it was weird. So like I ended up in weather. I mean I'm in tech school and and tech school was like seven, eight months long. And it was it was it was what it was. It wasn't that much fun, right? Um, I, I was doing pretty well. And then one day we had a briefing, some dudes with funny hats came in and they said, Hey, do you want to do this, but also get shot at and jump out of planes? And I was like, yes. And then, the, you know, they, they kind of laid out what you got to do. You have to be regular weather until you get your five level, which is like, kind of like you can do your job on your own, uh, type of thing. Um, and so I went to my first station, knocked it out as fast as I could. I think I might have the record for the quickest going from conventional weather to special operations weather. If anybody out there wants to challenge my timeline, go ahead. Like. I'm here for it. Um, and then, um, yeah, airborne seer. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. And then they, they throw you over to the special operations side to finish up your training and all that other stuff. And then I was a, then I was a Sao T. That's a, uh, that, that's awesome. Did you, wh what were the, what was the, um, 
did you have any sort of like in doc or was it or did they they dropped you right into seer and if you basically if you make it through seer then you make it through airborne then they'll they'll kind of test you as you get into the career field or how did that work yeah so weather was different back then because becoming a five level in weather was so like it it, it was a long process and um it, it kind of evolved from an army need for like some airborne guys and some other things so it kind of like grew from the back end uh and so we did we didn't really start from the front end which which the crew field had problems with from that because we weren't like selecting guys. It was like, Hey, you have your five of them and see her in airborne. And if you got on team and you didn't put yourself into training, uh, that to, to make sure that you were the right type of person, you had the right type of capabilities. Like uh, some of the guys probably shouldn't have been in special operations weather, uh, and doing what they were doing. So, uh, one of the, the cool things that happened to me in my career is when Sao T actually started the pipeline and the, the indoc type events and all this other thing, uh, so you could join from the street as a special operations weather guy and, and, you know, go through your selection course and all that other stuff. Um, I was the first AATC instructor for that. Uh, and so I was able to go over there uh, and see how those guys train the combat controllers and the pararescue guys and steal all the goodness from them. And then take my experience. I had like a couple deployments and, uh, you know, I'd been through the, uh, the end of the pipeline with uh, some of the combat controllers and, um, and, and build out that, that course. Obviously it wasn't like a single man effort. Don't, don't let me make it sound like I did more than I did. But um, I, I was the first guy over there and, and kind of helped lay the groundwork for the future of the career field in that way and, and formalizing the training and the selection process and all those different types of things. Is that something that you volunteered for? Is that something that was made available to you and you got excited about? Was that something you got voluntold to do? I, I did volunteer for it. I'd, I'd met my wife in between my first and second deployment. Um, and at the, the end of my first deployment, I, I lost a buddy and I wasn't, I think, prepared for that. And then at the end of my second deployment, uh, not only was I going to go home and propose to my, my girlfriend, my now wife, uh, but we'd lost another guy that I, I wasn't dealing with very well. And I, I you know, I, I'd been pretty busy trying to prove that I was special operations and, and, and just, you know, charging as hard as I could. And it was, you know, it was what it was, but you know, they were like, Hey, we're standing up the pipeline and we need someone to go out there to, to do this. And like I said, I think I'm a pretty smart guy. So I was like, yeah, put me in coach. You saw, saw an opportunity kind of both for, both for, you know, some career reasons and also some personal reasons that kind of gave you the opportunity to stay involved, but, but maybe like redirect a little bit. Right. Like I, I think in my mind, I think what I told myself is I was, I was going to take a break and I was doing it for my wife. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things where I, I'm pretty good at seizing opportunities. That's like, if I'm good at anything, that's what it is. And so like there was the, my wife was going to go to ROTC and, and she ended up commissioning. And so like there was a good school near Keesler. She went to Southern Miss and, you know, I, I, I wasn't dealing with, you know, the, the, the loss of my teammates very well. And so I, I just think I realized like, Hey, like I need some stability in the front end of my marriage. And also she needs to go to college and, and, and it's an opportunity to be the first guy to do this. And so like all those things kind of like wrapped up into a, a nice, neat little package. And I, I said, yes, and I, you know, like, it, you know, when it feels like you should say yes to something and that was that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you're when you're uh, when you're trying to measure whether or not the resistance that you're experiencing is like le legitimate in the sense that it's pushing you in the direction you probably should go, or if it's that thing that's saying like, no, this is actually a bad idea, and you know, kind of integrating like finding the integrated balance between those two things for sure. So I, I guess that's actually probably a good maybe a, a, a good segue in into one's ready, and we can maybe kind of jump around on the timeline a little bit because it seems to me that that was probably a bit of a um, a foundation for you to then occupy the space that you do on the ones ready team of being like, all right, cool. I was the guy who helps design and, and, and start this. Now, how can I, you know, work with, work with, uh, you know, this new team, you know, remote, remotely over podcast to help, to help the, the, the new flock coming in. Um, what was the transition like for you though, from, from, from troop to instructor? And I know that that's something in, in the military that, is and in the air force specifically even you know the job that i did uh loading bombs like we had you know qa and, and um standardized loading crews right that would like kind of provide that instruction for us and sometimes it was it was cool that those guys did that and other times it's like ah oh, man you're over to the dark side like was there any sort of any sort of thing like that when you go into aatc well I, I didn't really hear anything from the the guys on team that i was leaving um, but it was, it was a tough transition, you know, like, and, and, and what I was talking about is I was a, a staff sergeant, I'm an E5 and it's a super small career field. And I had, I had a reputation by that time. Like I wasn't the greatest that ever lived, but like I'd proven that I could do the job and I, I'd gone on a couple of rotations and, um, like my squadron commander would 
call me Trent, you know, he'd call me into his office, ask me what I think about things. Like my opinion mattered. Like it wasn't, I wasn't an E5 in that community. I was, I was Trent, you know, like that had good experience that mattered. So, you know, you go over to AATC and you're a staff sergeant and you're, you're supposed to go stand up a pipeline. And so I'm sitting in these meetings and I would say stuff and people would ignore me. And I'm like, this is weird. And so like, it, I had a combat controller out there with me because they had part of their pipeline there as well. Uh, a master sergeant, he, he figured out what was going on before I did because I was getting ready to start choking people out, you know. Um, and so he started coming to the meetings with me. He would say the exact same things I said. And then they would be like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. You know, so it just took me a while to figure out the regular Air Force again. Um, and then, and then writing curriculum, like learning everything it takes to build a course and all those other things. And they just kind of threw me into the deep end. I went to all those like uh, silly instructor courses and all that other stuff to learn how to do it. And I would say it was like digging a hole with my forehead. It was, you know, like you're, you go from like fast paced to like, Hey, like you wrote this test question and it's supposed to be a big B but you wrote it to like a two little C or something. And you're like, I don't even know what that means. Like, you know, so like, yeah, but like, like any other worthwhile experience, it was really difficult. And I, I look back at those days, like with, you know, a lot of fondness and like the, the personal growth was there, but like, I was also separated from all the teammates that I knew. And, uh, and so, you know, like I wasn't expecting to miss that as much as I did as well. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. It's like you said you were a staff sergeant at the time. So it's like those three stripes, like really, really made a difference, right? This guy is like, oh, he's got the little tent on top on his, on his sleeve. So it must be legitimate what he's saying. Uh, I can imagine how that was a struggle in the moment. Um, did, did things like that continue to be a struggle for you or did you, was that a catalyst for you to learn how to navigate some of the more like political ways of, of, of getting what you needed rather than just like maybe answering questions or making suggestions, but actually getting the things that you thought you needed or thought that the team needed or thought that the pipeline needed. Yeah. I mean, I figured it out. So like what I wasn't taking into account was to, to build my reputation on the, the special operations side was I knew what I needed to do. Right. And I did those things like not with the sole intent of like having a, an opinion that mattered, but I wanted to earn my place. When I got to the training side, I didn't, spend enough time figuring out what they valued and earning my place and my opinion, regardless of my rank. Right. So like it, I, I will complain about that, that they weren't listening to me. Like I was sitting here as the, the expert and you're not listening to what I'm saying. Um, but it, after a certain period of time, just like anything else, right? Like find out what the, the organization values become a valuable asset and then leverage your value to get done what needs to be done for your people. So that right there is, I, I'm, 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 I'm glad that's what you said, because that right there is the biggest struggle. It was the biggest struggle for me coming out of the military and getting into the, not going to film school and, and getting educated, but coming out of, out of the military and, and, and using the GI Bill and then getting into the industry that I wanted to get into. I did not do that thing that you just described, right? And I think that that a lot of, a lot of transitioning service members, maybe not senior enlisted, which we'll, we'll kind of chat a little bit more about you and your position here in a bit, but like maybe for, for younger enlisted folks like myself who did four, six, maybe 10 years, like you come out, you're kind of in that middle, that middle range of your, you know, late twenties, mid twenties, early thirties, where you're like, no, I, I did all these things. Like my opinion matters. And it's like, yeah, it does. But these other folks need context for that. And you need to establish credibility and earn credibility. And you might come from an environment where earning credibility is a little bit faster because it's necessary because you're going down range, you're doing whatever, but like you have to understand this new environment that you're in, understand the context that they require. And you're going to have to adjust and adapt your ways of working a little bit uh, more than you're going to be able to ask them to, to adapt those things, even though the principles are still the same. Yep. Yeah. yeah but, but timelines are hard. Like, and I think that's one of those things, like if you get out at like 10 years and you're like a staff or a tech sergeant, you're like peak lethality. And all you've done is operational stuff. And then you jump into like this whole totally different organization. Like I can't, I can't imagine how, how difficult that would be. I was just lucky that I got that experience earlier on in my career. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, so what, um, I want to, I want to hear about one's ready and, and, and your involvement, you know, the way that Aaron described it was that like four corners of the internet, right? Like Brian and, and Jared and, and him and you, like we're all doing different things on different platforms. And I'm not sure if you were the Reddit guy or if that was Jared, but, um, but you know, it all kind of coalesced into this one's ready, one, one's ready platform and, and, and with the podcast and then with obviously the, the social media presence, but how did you get connected with those guys? Have you always been 
a, a creative person who wants to make content, create content and, and, and kind of speak like this, or did it come from your instructor side? Like what's the origin story of that? Dude, if, if I had thought that I was going to make create, create content someday, I would have a lot more pictures. Cause I was always that guy that never took pictures. Cause I was a secret squirrel, right? Obviously like you can't yeah. know who I am and my ops are blacker than your black ops. Um, but, but no, it, it was kind of like, I, I, I see these steps in my life that lead to something. Right. And, um, I, I ended up back in AATC after going back on team for a while. And I met Brian, uh, briefly, like Brian and I weren't like best buds, but like, what was it? We, we'd had a, um, my, our commander had been killed by a, it was, it was a thing anyway. So we were making t-shirts for Memorial and Brian was the guy making t-shirts and knew about t-shirts down at Indoc. So I bebop over there. I'm like, I'm looking for like a tech Sergeant Silva or staff Sergeant Silva, whoever it was. And, and so we had a relationship and like, I, he knew that I was decent at my job on the training side. And like, I knew who Brian was and I did a, a few more things. And I ended up in front of the camera as a South T guy for one of the bigger uh, commercials that they made. And uh, I, I still blame the guy whenever I see him that got me into that commercial for starting all of this, for putting my face on camera and making me, uh, you know, somewhat comfortable with it. And then after that, they asked me to do like a few live events. And then, um, yeah, just kind of went from there. I did some more things like on the work side. And then, uh, you know, Brian asked me to come onto his thing and, and, and do a video because that was when South T became special reconnaissance. And he was like, people have a million questions. And I was, you know, a, a, a more senior guy in the career field, and I was, I was directly working on that project. And so I, I went on his, his thing, and I was, I, I, we made a video, and then he hit me up, and he's like, "Bro, you have to have your own Instagram page. I can't answer all these questions." And I didn't, I was an anti-social media guy too. So I started the special reconnaissance Instagram page, and that that started to blow up a little bit. And then, you know, one day Brian calls, and he's like, "You want to do a podcast?" And I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm too far down this road to say no." And it's, it's one of those things too, like. I, I, my brain was automatically like, yes, it felt like it should be a yes. And I, I, I could see now like where the, you could impact people and, and put good information out there and help out the career field. So it was like, boom, yeah, let's do it with, you know, Brian, who I barely knew and two guys that were complete strangers. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know Brian at all for, just for, for context. Uh, I'm going to get to know him obviously, but like, I, I don't, uh, I don't know, um, him, I know Aaron and, 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 now, and now Jared, how did you, how did you get the special reconnaissance Instagram handle? How had no one thought of that yet? I have no idea. I didn't know enough about Instagram to figure out that that should have been difficult, but I just went on there and I created it. And I had a buddy uh, that I was working with uh, in the office, help me create the the logo. Cause I'm, I'm not yeah. good at computers or pictures. And I just told him what my idea was. I'm like, I want a skull with redacted eyes, which is kind of hilarious with like the, the dagger in the back and and how to make it and he just generated it for me and was like here you go and then boom. he was he was the original ai he, he did it he, he did. just took your just took your direction so is that like the career fields logo now it is not no is uh not. We, we have our own thing it, we basically took this the special operations weather one and, and revamped it and made it special reconnaissance but um on mine i put um 2016 uh, because that's when our commander who had been a gray hat you know that's when he got killed but you know a little little touches here and there yeah um so what was it like i mean was it he said there's people who have tons, tons of questions was it like drinking water from a fire hose did you get the instagram get on that podcast and just start going because people were like coming at you or how much of this was like did you have to generate interest and all that stuff not not i mean because brian already had a pretty big following on instagram i think and i think he told people to go over there uh, but some mistakes were made in the beginning um, I, I tried to share the Instagram, um, account with two other dudes and these guys are really good guys. They're, they're both gray hats. Uh, but like you don't understand, uh, business and, and personal relationships when, when it comes to like business. And this wasn't even business. This was just social media. Yeah. Um, but those two guys ended up having a fight over one of the posts. And so I just locked them out cause it was mine. And you know, feelings were hurt and all that other stuff. And I just moved forward with it. So yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, but the, the the questions, you know, they started coming in, but I was back in AATC and I was I helped write like the the career field education and training plan. Like I was part of the team that did that. Uh, I was in on all the meetings as like the first um uh, Magicom functional for the career field here in AATC. And so and I'd been working on the prep course before that. The you know, when we first stood up the prep course, like I was on that team. So I was pretty comfortable with students and and questions and all those other types of things. And so there was a lot of it. Um but I I don't know. It wasn't really that difficult. 
It's just, but the, I mean, I was actually, I was actually Sorry. more curious about like the, vo- no, you're good. Like the volume of it. Like, was it as, was it as, um, was there as high a volume as he was indicating or like, did you like, did you get the Instagram and then it was, it was like, boom, 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 boom. And you're obviously able to answer those questions because you wrote all that stuff or was it, was it not as busy, I guess, as he said it was going to be. No, it was, it was pretty busy. It was, there That's was cool. a lot of interest, but like come to think of it now that that was one of the factors that went into like when Brian was like, let's start a podcast. I was like, Oh, I could, and this is how naive I was. I'm like, we could do a podcast and I don't have to answer these questions. anymore. <laughs> right. I can only answer yeah. them one time and it's forever. Right. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's, you know, you, you actually can't recycle content enough, right. For, for all the content creators out there, regardless of what your, what your vertical is or what your field is or what your interest is, like you can't recycle content enough because people, the algorithm's not going to let people see everything. Um, and then people aren't going to always pay full attention. So just keep hammering at that stuff. Uh, curious why you wanted to involve two other people. And it wasn't something you initially thought like, Hey, I, I can do this myself. Was it, was it, what was the motivation there? I, I didn't want to be the single person speaking for the career field. Mm-hmm. Like, even though it wasn't like the official page of special reconnaissance, I didn't like, I, I have a hard time being like, I'm the guy and I have all the answers. Um, so I, I tried to get those two guys involved, but then it just ended up being more work than it was worth. Um, you know, and yeah, I ended up being, <laughs> The, the sole arbiter of truth for special reconnaissance on Instagram. Yeah. That's a, that's a joke, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody else's opinion matters. What um, was that? Have you, have you gotten more comfortable with that? And all jokes aside about that, right? Like, have you gotten more comfortable with that uh, or is that still something that you struggle with? Yeah. Like I, I just try to be honest with people. Like there's things I know and there's things I don't know. Like I haven't been operational. I haven't deployed since 2015. Right. And so like, that's where like on the ones ready side, when we talk about like most of what we're doing is giving them relevant information and training information. Like I'm not, I'm not going out there and being like, Hey, this is what our guys are doing downrange right now. And this is why, you know, what you should be training for. Like, no, no, no. Like most of my experience, a lot of my experience is in the training environment and bringing guys in off the streets and we're involved with like recruiting and all those other things. And so I'm, I don't feel like I'm out of bounds with, with most of the stuff I'm doing. And then when people ask questions that are out of my lane, I give them my best possible answer, but let them know that I'm not, you know, I'm not that guy especially not that guy anymore yeah i mean there's there's no like uh, there's no it doesn't seem to me that there's any sort of like false humility there so i'm actually honestly honestly surprised that that was something that you that you said was was maybe difficult for you initially because you don't you don't strike me as somebody who who would have that struggle i don't know if that's a compliment or a or a dig but (laughs) somewhere in routine (laughs) i just made it weird um so then in terms of getting connected uh, with, with the Runs Ready team and, and then kind of turning this thing into the thing that it is now, which is more than just a podcast, it's a, it's a platform. Um, what was that process like for you integrating the Instagram, answering those questions, and then getting together with these guys and, and building, you know, what, what is the, the kind of premier aspect or prep platform? Yeah. Um, it, it's like anything else, right? It's, it's stressful and it's exciting and you don't know what you don't know until you hit that wall, you know? So, um, like you, you got to put the money in cause these things, you got to keep the lights on. And, and, and that was kind of like, we, we, we came up with the plan, uh, and what the business was going to look like. And then it's like, Hey, this is my, how much it's going to cost to start it up. So everybody percentage of business and all that other stuff that you don't really think about, um, that, that people don't really see, right? Like, I don't know how many times, and this is like a tangent, like how many times people come up to me like, oh, well, all you're doing is podcast. Like it must be super easy. It's like doing a podcast at is super easy, but also like the back end can take up way more time than you expect it to. I mean, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, so like just, just working through all those things and and figuring out like creative differences and like where you fit in. And it's just like being on a team, uh, down, you know, that's going down range, right? Like where do I provide value? And so, um, in the beginning, I didn't like to talk too much, I don't think. And I don't like to like jump in and interrupt people too often. And I was afraid of coming across as unprofessional and super sarcastic, uh, all those things, you know, discovering your, your, your internet voice, but also like just the paranoia of, of presenting a false self to the world. You know, like I, I don't need everybody's approval in the world, but if I start losing the approval of my teammates and former teammates, and like they legitimately think that I'm lying about something or saying things that are incorrect, 
like that that's gonna hurt so yeah it, it was a it was a good time yeah i mean i i always i think about it like it's never the haters that are gonna be difficult to deal with it's actually the people that are closest to you that might ask legitimate questions and you're like damn that question like cut me because you're like am i thinking about that thing in the correct way am i doing that thing right like is there is there something behind that question you know but it might just be something you know that 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 somebody's genuinely curious about or, or genuinely wondering about or obviously in your case you're giving you know you know advice on the on the foundation of experience and you want to make sure that that experience is is uh communicated truthfully so that that adds a layer to it uh from an entrepreneurial perspective did the three of you because i actually don't think most people like, oh yeah, no, this is going to turn into a business. We want this to be a business. So let's, let's think about this like business people and, and chop this thing up appropriately and professionally. Like who drove that? Was that something all three of you just had an understanding of like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to treat this thing like a business and have a vision for the future. Or was it more of just like, ah, like this thing is a hobby and then it might turn into a business. I think, I think Brian understood business. He'd already done like how to be a PJ. Mm -hmm. And so like he, he did most of the legwork. Um, you know, with, with our, our inputs, um, in the beginning. And I thought, I think I thought it was going to be a hobby. I don't know. Like we started talking about it every once in a while and we're, we, we can't make money off the podcast while we're active duty. Like right. no money can go into my bank account. And so I wasn't really that concerned about it. Um, you know, and we hit a few snags here and there, but like, I just, I don't, I didn't join the air force for the money. I didn't get into special operations for the money. And so like, I'm not like, I'm not like a money driven person, but like coming at it from a business standpoint, if you replace the word business with organization, like that's important. And sometimes like we would veer off from that and just want to have a good time and treat it like a hobby, uh, but you lose your organization. And if you lose your organization, you lose your message. So I think those were some of the lessons we learned throughout time is, Hey, we don't have to like pretend like this is a business that's going to make a ton of money, but we do have to like have a certain level of organization and, you know, as you move forward, you know, that those changes, the, the, the level of organization required changes throughout time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think in, in terms of like, uh, so was it, was it the message and the mission that was driving, driving you, you all to think that way? Like you were organized around like, Hey, we, we know what this, we, we are here to answer questions. We are here to prepare the next generation that is what's driving us. And so therefore you, you kind of organize around that central principle, or did you have other, other things going into it? Cause I think there's a lot of people right now, right? Like there's, there's, um, there's some folks that have businesses, you know, and they're active duty and they have like an alias. And so they do make money, right. Or there's other people that have a, a hobby that makes the, the appropriate amount of money. But there's a lot of questions right now. Cause it's a new, it's a new, it's a new world that, I mean, 15 years ago when I got out of the air force, like the idea of having a podcast and, uh, a way to generate revenue through Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, like whatever, like wasn't even a thing. But a decade and a half later, it's now a thing that people who are in the military have opportunities to create content that provides value and entertains and drives revenue. And so it's kind of like the the wild, wild west. Um, so I guess getting back on track here to a question, like you were organized around, organized around the principle of of answering questions and preparing the next generation kind of first and foremost, was there anything else that you were thinking about or was that just the one thing and then you'll just kind of put your one foot in front of the other and, and see what happens? Yeah. I mean, that, I think that's how we all got on board. That's the, that's mm -hmm. the one thing. And, and it, it was, it was terrifying, um, to, to put your name and face out there. You know, like you said, like people, to, I think it's hard for some of the younger people to understand how, how weird that is. So like not only generationally, but like coming from special operations, still being on active duty, and putting your name and face on the internet and talking about things. Um, uh, it, it's not something that the community has ever uh, had to really deal with that much. Um, and, and, and yeah, it was, uh, it was tough in the beginning, but even uh, my, my, my daughter's three, she just turned three. <clears throat> and uh, my mom, my mom is visiting this week. My wife's out of town for work and my, my mom and my daughter and I were just joking around and talking this morning. And my daughter's got this thing where she'll be like, Hey, uh, you know, t tell me about when you were a kid, dad. And so like, I'll tell her some stories and, um, now my mom's here. So I'm able to like tell stories and make my mom laugh and all that stuff. And then my daughter said to me this morning, she's like, Oh, do you have any videos from when you were a kid? And I'm like, obviously she has no idea 
that she's three. It's like, this is the world she's grown up in. But even, even kids that are older than three, like you're saying, have no idea that like being on the internet was a big fucking deal at one point in our lives. And now it's, you know, no offense to the both of us. It's not really that big of a deal anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's on the internet. Yeah. And, and to be the, the first one, it was, it was, it, it was hard. And you know, we, we took a lot of pushback, but like, I think if we hadn't been so focused on that mission, like I would have quit doing the podcast like 800 different times. But like when, when we came up against adversity and people that are way higher ranking than I am and people getting upset about things. Um, but like, I think we knew that we were doing something good, you know, and, and we'd hear it every once in a while and, and we hear it a lot more now. Uh, but in the beginning it was just, Hey, like we see that this is like your, your NASCAR, like recruiting, putting uh, something on our NASCAR car used to work right? Or, or doing one commercial used to work, but that's not where the kids are these days. Like that's, that's not where recruiting should be. And we saw that, you know, there, there was an open space that wasn't being, you know, utilized. Uh, and, and there was a bunch of talent out there and it's getting harder and harder and harder for the special operations community writ large to, to get the talent in the front door. And, and what, what these people out there require, like the, the current generation, like they grew up with instant information, right? Like having their, their questions answered instantly. If they want to know about a restaurant, that's not word of mouth. It's Yelp and all these other things on Instagram. Um, so we're like, Hey, if we occupy this space, like we think we could do a lot of good. And, um, that's what we've been trying to do. Yeah. I love it. Um, how, how has your experience at AETC and kind of going back to, to, to the, the struggle that, that you, that we had talked about with the challenge rather not struggle, but the challenge of, of not getting your 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 uh, your perspective had kind of in that room as a staff as an as an E five. Um, how did that experience and then building everything that you built kind of within the career field helped prepare you for some of those challenges that you've experienced um, on, on the platform with with maybe some of the generals and the and the chiefs and the senior enlisted and some of those things that have come on because because you you all have had great guests that have come on and, and supported the podcast and obviously the main chief, she, I, I mean, every other picture on Instagram is of her wearing the t-shirt. So, you know, you've got, you've got good, good, um, support, it seems like, but obviously there's been some challenges. How have you all navigated that? And how has your, you know, individual experience helped kind of prepare you for that? Well, I think it's, it's belief in the mission and it's not the first time in my career. And I'm sure you happen in your career that you were, you were outmatched rank wise or, or whatever. And, um, but you were right, you know, and you just had to do it uh, you know, ask for forgiveness instead of permission type of thing. Uh, and we did that a whole bunch of times and, you know, and it helps to have a team, you know, like this isn't like Trent going out there by himself and starting his own podcast. So it like Aaron, I don't know if he would tell you, but there's been times that I I've called Aaron and just screamed and yelled and, and, you know, like just let it all out. Um, because it, it can be frustrating, you know, like, and, and, and then you start to question yourself. Cause if you're not questioning yourself, then I, I don't think you're doing anything right? At least that's how my brain works. And so like we do question ourselves and we have these conversations, we have very candid conversations about whether, you know, we were doing the right thing and we were actually helping or if this was worth it. Um, but like it, my, my first deployment, like I was kind of thrown out there by myself, you know, to, to figure it out. And I, I did what I needed to do and it came back and it all worked out. When I went to AUTC, I was kind of out there by myself for a while and I slowly figured it out. And, and, and it, and it worked out. So like, I had a lot of confidence in myself to be able to figure things out and to get things done and that people see the value afterwards. And so like the, um, I think that helped out a lot, you know, and, 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 and this was almost easier in a lot of ways because we did have like, you know, some people would be like, man, this is awful. You guys shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be talking about this. And what are you doing? You're putting yourselves out there. Like you're going to get fired and blah, blah, blah. But then there are also other people that were like, dude, but we've needed this for a long time. And more importantly, it was like the, the 17, 18 year old folks out there that were like, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for something like this to tell me, or I didn't even know Air Force had special operations until I found this podcast. And so like that gives you that, that energy required to push through all those barriers and all that, you know, all the nonsense that gets thrown your way. Did that make any sense at all? No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it's like, you know, it's the, the idea of, um, like being a quiet professional, right? Like that's what special operations was always supposed to be for, for a long time. And then, you know, every Navy SEAL wrote a book about shooting bin Laden in the face. And, you know, here we are with the Air Force trying to catch up, you know, because because of, of that. But it's like, 
and that's kind of a, that's a, a cynical way to look at it and it's a joking way to talk about it but I, I actually think you put it very um very well how do you like I know that what drives you is the mission and what drives you is hearing a 17 year old kid say, Oh my gosh, thank you. I needed this. I didn't know this opportunity existed. Now I can train and I can, you know, get into ANS and I, I can go through this. So I know that's what drives you, but how do you deal with those people that say you're supposed to be a quiet professional? You're not supposed to talk about your career, your accolades, what you did, what you're capable of and, and build the force because you, you set the foundation for it. It's like, we got to go to where the kids are. Because the kids are the ones that are going to have to enlist in commission. Yep. Um, there's people that you can have conversations with and convince them uh, that they're, they're rational people and they're your friends, right? Or typically. Um, and, and you can ag- agree to disagree. And that happened a lot. And a lot of those people have come around since then. And, you know, maybe been guests on the podcast since then, um, which is always gratifying. And then there are people that no matter what you do, and I've seen this throughout my career, they love to talk. You know, the people that love to talk and they're not the doers all the time, uh, even in this community. So that anytime you step outside of the norm or step outside of the, the strictly, you know, the, the guidance that's given, uh, people want to people want to shoot you down and they want to say that you're doing something incorrect or, or wrong. Like I was I was called like morally vacant or something at one point. Um, that sounds that sounds like a really fancy insult. Yeah. So it was something like that. I don't think that was the one, but you know what I mean? Like I, I remembered it and I, I, I laughed uh, because I'm not, I'm like, I know I'm not giving out classified information, you know, like I know I'm not doing anything wrong. And so that, that you just simply have to ignore some of those people. I, I did have an 06 call me into his office one time and screamed at me, uh, which was interesting. Uh, but then it's funny because that same day, his boss came to me and said I was doing really good things. And so like this, he yelled at you about the podcast. Oh yeah. Hmm. And, um, that was, that was weird. Um, but then his boss, like three hours later called me over was like, Trent, love what you're doing. Like, keep it up. And so like, and I'm also trying to figure out like that, that weird disconnect between one's ready Trent and, you know, senior master aren't Trent. They're, they're two very different things. And so like, having those conversations with people that outrank you. But then also like I've, I've been in a room where I have had to take leave to go to my commander's commander's office to review a video with him that one of his like guys did as Trent from one's ready and not as Sergeant Segmiller. You know what I mean? So in that moment, like, it's like, Hey, like you're welcome. Uh, you know, first name, whatever guy. And then tomorrow when I'm back on duty and I'm not one's ready Trent anymore, like I'll, throw the salute and I'll do whatever you say and yada, yada. But like figuring out that dynamic has been interesting. Yeah. So I want to talk about, you mentioned that earlier, like figuring out what your internet voice is right here. Um, and so what, what is that balance? How do you strike that balance? How, how do you approach that? Like, what are, what are the things that you actively think about and intentionally do versus what are the things that you just kind of let, like flow, take over and, 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 and you just kind of go and feel it out. Well, I, I try not to bring up the podcast at work, right? I, I won't bring it up typically like, you know, with, with new people, like I don't introduce myself and be like, Oh, by the way, I have a pot. Like when I'm in uniform, like <laughs> right. that's weird. Uh, because even though I'm not making money, like, you know, like it's, it's a company yeah. and you know, it, it is what it is. Um, so like, I, I, I just try not to talk about it too much, but like, over time, the more people that talk about it at work and the more it's, it's brought up in, in, you know, normal places, um, you know, like, you know, I love telling stories about 06s, right? Like people, I, I was called to an office the other day for someone that just wanted to like tell me their story and be like, Hey, if you ever need help, help with anything on this, your project, the ones ready project, like, let me know, which was super awesome. Um, and so like the, the longer we go on, the more that the two communities merge, but like, I still try really hard to make sure that I'm not taking close hold information and putting it out there and um you know that that and then then also just not bring it up at work like you know like i'll i'll take my my mug to work or whatever like my coffee mug and it it has like my special reconnaissance logo on it but i I try really hard to like keep those two worlds as separate as possible unless somebody else asks me to cross over and and do that and i've had conversations with people too that will ask me like it's funny I've, i've called this guy and uh he'll be like am i talking to to Trent or to one's ready Trent, you know, which is hilarious, but like you, you do have to differentiate those two things. So it's been interesting. 
For sure. And that's also, that's also true for, for people that are in the civilian world, like myself, right? I have a day job. Um, it's not, it's not in the military anymore, but it is still at an organization where I fit into a hierarchy. Um, and I report, you know, to the CEO and he knows about the podcast and, you know, the kind of the, the rest of the executive team knows about the podcast and, you know, about half the time the podcast gets brought up as a positive thing. And half the time it's like, hey, how much time is getting spent on that? You know what I mean? Like it's, that's, you know, that's not just true for, for, for people that are in the military that are starting a podcast or starting an Instagram or starting a TikTok or whatever it might be. Like that's a principle that, 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 um, you know, I personally believe you kind of have to feel your way through, right? Like there are no rules for this. Every person is different, right? So every person that's either, you know, a consumer or a listener or anybody who's, you know, a supervisor of sorts is going to be different. And you kind of have to feel it out situationally to make sure that, um, to make sure that you're navigating, you know, as authentically as you can without, without being, you know, I, I personally just try not to be a douchebag about it. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's well, me. And, and humility too, right? Like it, it, but like, it's like a weird mix of humility and confidence. Cause like you find out real early on that you're going to make mistakes and it's yeah. on the internet and it's always the people that you hope would never watch episode X that go and watch it. And then they bring it up and you just got to realize that you're putting yourself out there and you got to be, your ego has to be ready and willing to absorb the spears and, and admit to yourself that you made a mistake or tell them that you stand behind your work and to leave you alone. Yeah. <laughs> well put. So how do you think about that now as a, you're a senior master sergeant getting ready to retire in a month ish. Um, I, I definitely want to know, by the way, I know that we're coming up on, on our allotted time. How much time do you have after that? I'm good. Okay. I can go a little bit longer too. So how much, um, how do you think about that now? And how much do you think about, uh, like, I don't have to deal with this. <laughs> you know, whatever this is in like another month, like, how are you preparing for it? Like, what does transition look like for a senior enlisted person who also has, you know, something else also already going on? Like, how are you approaching your transition? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you scared? Like what walk us through what you're thinking and feeling? Yes. All of those things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like it, it's exciting, but like, I would like to be able to take like the projects and some of the other projects that we've started. Um, as a full-time job, you know, but like, I'm going to find out real soon if that's going to be a reality or not. Uh, and that's based on a few different things. That's based on, you know, like I get my pension, but like my VA rating and then, you know, my wife is retiring right before I am and like where, where she ends lands on all those things as well. Um, but it's been motivating, you know, like, I think it's nice to have a side project because like I I've been out there. It, this has afforded us a lot of opportunities. Like we went to like, you know, shot show and all that other stuff. And, and for all the things that happen there, like you do meet a lot of really cool people. Um, but like, you know, like we're, we're, we're a fairly well-known quantity in, in a lot of different spaces now. So like the, the, the amount of opportunity that's opened up to, to do what I want to do with the rest of my life, uh, a give back to the, the community that, that allowed me to stick around for so long and they tolerated me and, and B just go see where my, my ceiling is at with all these other things. And, and you know, there's, there's more than just the training experience that you can put out there to people and they'll, they will find value with it. Um, so I, I think we're just like an exploring possibility stage right now, but I do, you know, wake up in the middle of the night being like, Holy cow, like my, my safety blanket that is the military for 20 years is about to go away. And what am I going to do? And you know, like, it's just like when you join, right? Like, am I going to be able to make it? Am I the person that they're looking for? And you know, am I going to present a false sense of who I am? Am I, Am I going to find myself in a place where I think I'm lying about my service? Like, you know, like, like lining this up and, and, and finding that balance between humility and confidence and knowing what you did and what you didn't do. And then, and then finding work that, that fits with what you want to do. You know, that's, that, that's where I'm at, which is nowhere apparently since I rambled on about that. The, yeah, just the full range of the human experience. That's all you had to say. I love that. Uh, Armageddon is one of my favorite movies of all time. And when, uh, when Owen Wilson is sitting around the, the, the table and he's like, can you please uh, describe the environment that we'll be encountering on this asteroid? And, you know, the guy, I think it's William Fickner's character. He's like, you know, it's going to be minus 200 degrees in the shade, plus 200 degrees in the sun, you know, a thousand mile flower winds, blah, 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 stuff and stuff. And Owen Wilson's like, just most terrifying environment imaginable. That's all you have to say. Just most terrifying environment imaginable. Yeah. When we first got the briefings on Syria, that's what everybody said. It was the exact same quote. We're like, oh, scariest environment imaginable. Got it. Thanks. Uh, it's funny. Um, so what are the, what are the, 
what are the things you do um, mentally, kind of emotionally, relationally? I mean, if your wife is going through the same, same experience, um, I don't know if she has her own podcast or not, but like outside of that, she's, she's going through a similar experience. So I'm sure you're both leaning on each other. Um, what, what are the, what are the tools that you're engaging to think about? All right. Sorry, not to think about what are the tools that you're engaging to, to, to operate, to take action, um, as you go through this experience and, and, um, try to, you know, discern like what is next and what actions you're going to take. Yeah. Well, I'll back up a little bit. If you're in the military, I think learning how to build relationships is incredibly important, right? So like when you go to like the, the military family and readiness center to, to meet with your counselors and all of that stuff, like start building those relationships and be someone that they want to meet with, you know, like don't go in there, you know, grumpy about your career and super salty. It doesn't matter. Like that person is there to help you. And so like leaning on, on the people that have been there before and like all of our friends that have gotten out, like, and all the tools and, and you just got to be like, and, and I'm unplugging from your current job, which is probably the hardest part, um, is your job doesn't end just because you're about to retire. Like you have to actively like communicate and unplug from your job so you can get the stuff done that you need to get done. And then, um, you know, reach across to the other side of the fence and start, start plugging in, you know, get your LinkedIn account, see what else is out there, start building your resume and, and start really walking yourself through and changing your mindset about what it is that you want to do and what it is that you're going to do uh, once you get to the other side. Now, obviously, this could all blow up in my face and I could retire and, and end up, you know, homeless or whatever. It's not going to happen. But you know what I mean? Like, but, and, and I'm trying to give advice here, but like utilize all the, the, the military things that you have. Utilize all the people that have retired before you and, and listen to them uh, because a lot of those people are, are giving you advice based on things that they didn't do and wish they would have done. Um, so, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I would say just to not to interrupt, but just to expand on that, talk to as many people in your network as possible, because everybody's going to have a different experience and therefore a different perspective and therefore a different directive about what you should do. Right. Like nobody, nobody loves to tell somebody what they should do more than somebody who retired or separated from the military. Oh, this is everything you have to do. Just do it this way. Ignore everybody else. It's like, no, talk to everyone because everybody has a different experience, and especially if, like if you can connect with you know, now on Instagram and LinkedIn, like we can all connect with people from different career fields. Like you can go find out all these different range of interests and opportunities that lie outside of that. Um, so just, just wanted to underscore what you're saying about, about the network. It's really, really, really important to build those relationships outside of um, kind of both your experience and career field, but also um, as many people as possible. Yep. Well, and, and also, man, go talk to some civilians and, and maybe after you've written your resume, show it to them. And, and, and don't, don't be like that false humility thing. Like you probably have some experiences that are, are unique. And especially if you've been in for like a long time, but you know, like we were like, Oh, like whatever, it was nothing. It was, it was what I do. And uh, that, that's true. in a lot of things there's, there's going to be probably a ton that I got to learn on the civilian side over again about like all things that I'm not thinking about, but there's also like some experiences and skill sets and tools that we have that are valuable that at least will get your foot in the door into certain places. I'm assuming, uh, from everything that I've heard. Um, so just don't sell your, yourself short and don't worry about your rank as much, you know, like, don't be like, I was just a E whatever, like who cares? That doesn't, yeah. you, you know what that means to civilians for the most part? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You were in yeah. the military, like yeah. ride with it. I had on my, my first resume, <clears throat> I like wrote out, armament system specialist like wrote out like all the things that i did all these bullet points and i was like man and, and i wasn't i didn't think it was cool i just was i was trying to be thorough i was trying to be uh you know fair and i was trying to be you know authentic right like we talked about like not, not making myself you know i left off the like commendation medals that everybody gets at the unit you know what i mean like you kind of go like well, here's what i did here's what's unique to my experience but when i started telling people i was like yeah i, I loaded bombs they're like you did what that's the coolest thing ever. And so now it's like, that's pretty much the only thing that's on the military portion of, of my, of my resume. Or when I described them, like I loaded bombs in the air force, like that's it, you know? And so sometimes you find a, a more simple way to explain things, you know, like, like I landed on. And then sometimes you do need to go deeper. Like you're talking about where it's like, you know, here's what my rank meant or, you know, or here's what the job was that I did in the military. If, it, if it's relevant, but if it's just something that you can kind of simplify for civilians to help them get over that, part that they're not going to really understand anyway just give them like the coolest thing i mean you're all set right special reconnaissance we're good but <laughs> you know but yeah 
Well, and I think some of that will come out in the interview too, right? Like, yeah. I don't think companies are hiring you for what you did in the military all the time, but they're they're going to hire you for who you are. Yeah. So I, I, I'm. It's probably not always a resume thing, and obviously you're way more experienced in this than that than I am. But like, like you, if you've been a leader, go be a leader. You know, like, and and don't be shy about it. Yeah, it's it's less. Um, yeah, it's less though. Kind of what you did in the military, and more of like how you work and how you can integrate into into a, a culture, into a community, into an organization. I think, you know, there's all these buzzwords that get thrown around a lot too much and it's annoying, but like, you know, culture fit is something that people used to talk a lot about. And then now people are talking about a culture ad, right? So like, what are you adding to this culture as you as you bring it in? Um, and military experience, kind of regardless of, of AFSC or MOS or rating, depending on your branch, like you're going to bring something very, very unique to that culture if, if, if it's not a company that hires a lot of, of you know, folks from the military already, and so you should be proud of that. You should be ready to explain that, and you should be you know ready to just be honest about it as well. Yeah, and get to yeah. work. Get to work. Absolutely. Um, what is something that so you you all are expanding at, at ones ready? Expanding is the wrong word, but you have kind of a couple of different lanes, like Aaron and I talked about, right? You've got the aspect war training prep for the pipeline, prep for ANS, like prep for those things that is, that's your core audience, right? The young, young kids that are coming up uh, that want to, to dive in headfirst and do that. And then you're also having some of these other interviews and episodes, you know, one of which I was privileged to, to be on where you're talking to other, other people, some in the military, some not kind of about life and leadership and culture and development and training and operations and all these different things. Um, what are some of the things that you really haven't gotten to talk about yet that you're excited to talk about? Like, what are some of the things that on the horizon, especially as you're looking, you know, to get ready to retire, like what are some of those other lanes or, or maybe some things you want to double click in that second lane? Man, it's all the same lane to me. It's all, it's all people, right? Yeah. Like uh, people are fascinating. Like the human experience is fascinating. Actually, right before this, I, I recorded an episode uh, with a guy who was a bass player for one of the, the biggest bands of all time, never been in the military. But the the crossover for like a, a an uber successful person and their experience versus like our experiences, uh, it it if you want to know how to be successful in anything, like there are there there are similarities to like any any especially like non standard career path, right? Um, and, and that's what I want to get after. I want to I want to you know I I love you know as an instructor I love unlocking someone's brain and 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 seeing that light bulb go on and 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 seeing them perform. Like that's my thing. So like, I don't care if, if you're military or not and all these other things. Like, so like as, as, as far as like who I'd love to interview, it's, it's everybody, anybody that's interesting. Like, and, and when I say successful, I'm not talking like just strictly monetary or whatever. Like, it's just like interesting people. And I know that that sounds super, you know, whatever, but that's what I'm, I, I, I like people, you know? So, well, it's, it's both. I hate people and also I love people. So it's, it's whatever. Um, and then the rest of it is just like, man, preserve the legacy of the career fields and then all the other career fields and, and give, you know, we have a platform that's not huge, but it's growing and then give a, a, a platform to other people that are interested and have something interesting to say or an interesting perspective uh, so that, you know, we can make everything better. Like I, I look at it like a Instagram, right? Like people will complain about their social media account and I'm like, well, what are you following? What are you following that is so depressing and so sad? That is that is ruining your day every time you open up that thing. Because I can go on my Instagram and I'm gonna laugh, I'm gonna get motivated, like all these other things. Like curate your life in a certain way. And I think the more content we put out that's that's positive and leaning forward and uh, you know, and grounded, the, the the world's just gonna be a better place. And I think that's the the overall goal. Slightly lofty, but the world as our community is gonna become a better place. Yeah, it's super, super well said. I, I, uh, how, yeah, how can we add value, right? Like, what are, are the things that we're doing adding value? And it's actually helped. I had never thought about it the way that you just described it, but thinking about like you're contributing to somebody else. We are contributing to somebody else's social media feed on any given day. Yep. What are we contributing to that? Is it value or is it, you know, more of the things that are driving aspects of our culture down? So like when, when people That's are like, awesome. get off your social media, it's like, well, until everybody gets off of it, like we control it, That it's the people control, yeah. you know, like the, the general we. So like, if it's a negative, it's our fault, just like everything else. That's such a great reframe. I've never thought about it that way. 
it's kind of, that's paradigm shifting for me. Cause it's not that like, it's not that I've, I've you kind of, you know, it's not that binary, right? It's not like you, you just said it, like we can't get rid of social media at this point. Like it's here to stay. Yeah. So now it's just contributing to it in a way that provides value instead of complaining about the negative aspects, be louder with the positive aspects and not yeah. just positive and negative. Right. But like you said, humor, um, kindness, motivation, like all those things. I need all of those things throughout my day at, at, at any given point. I don't need motivation 24 hours a day. I would go crazy. No. Well, and, and, and it's the perfect platform. You can, you know, like, you, you know who you, you log on to Instagram and whose stories you're going to go for on any given day, depending on what you need, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I, I think everybody that complains, it's like, Hey, we fix, we fix me first. And then we, we put, that stuff out there, it's going to fix, you know, the next person, the next person, we, we all got to work together and it's not easy and it's not cool. And I think that's maybe one of the problems is, is sometimes it's not cool. Um, but if I've learned anything from this project is being consistent and, and keep on keeping on with the same message so that people know that you're being genuine and authentic, eventually you will win them over or, or at the very least be the last voice standing, you know, which is uh, powerful. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, my brother has said in the past, outlast the cynics. The cynics are always going to be there. Just, all you got to do is outlast them. They're not going to have as much patience as you. Yeah, the haters uh, climb out. Yeah. Damn. What a way to end this thing, dude. That was incredible. I had never... Uh, that's great. I'm going to take that. I mean, I'm excited to chop that up and put it out there. Um, mm -hmm. Very meta, right? We're going to put that piece of content out on the people's feeds, which is cool. But like, I mean that though. That's, that's really cool. Um, that's a really great way to think about it. Um, that's cool. Um, okay. So I, I've been kind of asking to, to end the podcast, been, been asking a bit of an open-ended question. Um, and I think you're in a, in a cool relevant spot to answer it. What are the things that, um, or is there something in particular that's on your heart or on your mind for, for our community, um, right now that you think, uh, folks, folks need to either hear or be reminded of, or whether it's a piece of advice or, or whatever. Matt, like, I think people just need to spend more time with themselves sometimes. Like, and, and I, I say stuff like get to know yourself and, and, and any piece of advice that I give, like you have to revisit that advice over and over again. So like be who you are and, and be okay with change, but also like get yourself on a cycle where you revisit what you did earlier again and, and, and ingest that new data, like go somewhere quiet or do whatever you do to, to figure out who you are again and make sure you're still on the path that you want to be on, you know, cause us as individuals, like our entire society is built on individuals. So I, I, I just don't think there's, I'm, I'm always on this. Like, like you need to be who you are and you need to know who you are and you need to test yourself on all these other things. But like, like you don't always have to be like, and I'm going to go back on it. Like, like you don't always have to be on Instagram. You don't have to be a person. Like if you're feeling pressure to be a certain type of way, like figure out like who you are and what you want to accomplish first. Like, Start at step one. If you if you find yourself on step nine and you're not sure what's going on, go back to step one. And so, um, yeah, I, I know that's not very good advice. Like, oh, get to know yourself. But like, man, go find a quiet spot, meditate or whatever you want to call it, or or pray or whatever it is, and 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 just ground yourself as as many times as possible so that you know you're confident in in what you're projecting out there. Uh, and I think everything else comes from that. So. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of uh, pressure out there. There's a lot of resistance out there. But the only way to break through that and to be successful is, um, I think, to know who you really are and, and establish those values and, and find something that you care about. And then and then check yourself every once in a while and make sure you're there or have your friends check you. Yeah, it's, that's great advice. That's super well said. Yeah, I mean, I think reverting back to step one often, even if it's just a reminder uh, to yourself, is really, really smart and then just being and learning to be and, and getting quiet especially in a, in a time where everything is noise and everything is social and everything is all that my daughter has this thing where we'll be in the car and i'll say oh what kind of what, what song do you want to listen to what kind of music do you want to listen to and every once in a while probably like every like fourth or fifth car ride she'll be like i don't want to listen to anything and i'm yeah. like cool and so she and i'll just sit there and ride in silence and we never talk to each other half the time you know I'll like reach my hand back there and like hold her hand or whatever as we're driving yep. and like we're just sitting there quiet, the wind's blowing. And I'm like, man, I needed a three-year-old to remind me to do this. Cause I always gotta have a podcast, always gotta have music, always gotta have something, right? Back to that, like you can't be motivated 
all the time. You can't be laughing all the time. You can't be insert all the time, right? You Sometimes you just got to be quiet and you got to reset and you just got to be. Well, it's, it's like fasting, you know? Like everybody, yeah. everybody understands that like you give your gut a break every once in a while to, to, to do what its job, you know, give it a break every once in a while and let everything seep in. I love it. Uh, okay. We've talked a lot about it, but where can folks find you uh, and the podcast? Where do you want to drive? Where do you want to drive your fans? Where can your fans find you? Oh, go to One's Ready. One's Ready is the place to be at One's Ready on Instagram, uh, onesready.com. Uh, we're also on YouTube. So uh, go check that out. If you're if you're interested in my, my takes are usually a little more sarcastic. So like on my page, you'll get sarcasm, you'll get some motivation. Uh, it is what it is. And I, I try to on my stories, put out a fair bit of humor. So I'm at, at special reconnaissance still. N- I never even thought about how I got that, that page, but it was there and I took it. So but once you're, once you retire, you could probably make a lot of money selling that handle. You know, if you, uh, you know, if, if, if there's going to be one's ready Trent and, you know, civilian Trent, there's going to be air force Trent. I think you know? I, I was thinking about this the other day and I know we're trying to end, but I think I'm going to donate it to, uh, some of the mm-hmm. active duty guys. Yeah. Uh, Cause they're going to run it a lot better than I'm running it right now and, and get some different perspectives out there and, you know, provide more value. Hopefully. No, that's dope. Um, I think, I think that's, that's awesome. I, I, it's, uh, you know, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think that's cool. Listen, I'm, I, I, and I love that you talk about like being funny and sarcastic. Like I love the spicy, I love the spiciness. I love the, like the, the humor and all that stuff. It's like, I, cause when I got, you know, connected with Aaron, Aaron's like, Hey man, come on the podcast. And, and want you to get connected to, to, to Trent and Jared and, you know, we all follow each other on Instagram and LinkedIn and all that stuff. And then started interacting more and, and comments and, and reshares and things. I'm like, dang, dude, this, this dude's funny. Like this guy's funny. And like, I didn't, you know, there's like one day I didn't know you. And then the next day I'm just like in on all this humor and I just absolutely love it. Um, and I, I love the, I love the balance that it brings. And, um, you know, obviously we, a lot of, we can take a lot of this stuff too seriously. We can take ourselves too seriously. And, and, um, I think that's, that's dangerous. So, um, I'm listen, this has been great to have you on the podcast. It's been awesome to get to know you. Um, I'm sure this will be the the first of, of many, um, episodes. So thank you very much for joining. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm stoked to put this out. Same brother. I really appreciate it. It's been a, a really good time. Awesome. All right, man. We'll see you later.